In all the Gospels, we see ten distinct times that Jesus appears after the resurrection to his disciples. This instance that we have in today's story is the fifth time that Jesus has appeared after the resurrection. We know from St. John that there's many, many more appearances that aren't described in Scripture. But as he says, these ones here are written so that we may believe and have eternal life. With all these appearances, it should make us wonder why was it so important for Jesus to appear to his disciples so many times, so numerous of times. Why did it really matter? Jesus told his disciples before his death, before that Good Friday, a little while and you will see me no more. Again, a little while and you will see me. Foretelling his resurrection. The disciples in each of these appearances after the resurrection are moved. And they're moved in different stages of faith. First from fear and doubt, then to belief and joy, then to understanding and worship, and lastly to mission. Again, from fear and doubt, to belief and joy, to understanding and worship, and then finally to mission. This is why the resurrection matters, that we may come to believe in the risen Lord and dedicate our lives to him. And if this journey from doubt to mission, from fear to mission, does not occur in our own lives, we don't genuinely become disciples. I want to go through each of these stages today, and as you hear these, to, to ponder yourself, where do I find myself today? Now, I think in our own lives, we ebb and flow out of these different stages. I don't think it's just a constant line that we go down and we don't go back and forth, right? It happens throughout our lives that we jump back and forth between stages. The first stage was fear and doubt. And we see this with the disciples. Right? After the, resurrec after the resurrection of Jesus, they are still fearful, they're still doubtful. They still have in those, their minds those events of Good Friday. It still clouds their minds that the Lord they followed these years of his public ministry is now dead. The fear that the same people that put him to death are coming after them, his disciples.
They do not recognize him when he appears to them because of this fear, this doubt that clouds their minds. I think this can happen in areas of our own lives. Right, that there's areas that it seems that the Lord is gone, that the Lord is hidden, or maybe even, I dare say, that the Lord is dead. This might be through grief, through trauma, through tragedy, through abuse, through a large range of events in our own lives. We're sitting there in distress and despair and hopelessness, in fear and in doubt. And that cloud that covers us prevents us from being able to see the Lord's presence. There's no guilt in this. Again, there's no guilt in that. We walk aside the Apostle Thomas and the other apostles, and God wants to walk with us and move us from that and through that. And where he moves us is to belief and joy. We hear this in the passage that precedes the gospel we heard today, which is the gospel passage of the road to Emmaus. In which the disciples say, were not our hearts burning within us as he walked with us and opened the scriptures for us? Today, in this gospel, they still have a little disbelief amidst their joy. Then the Lord sits and he eats with them. And he opens the scriptures, the Psalms, and the prophets for them. The prophets speak many times of the fact that the Messiah must suffer and must die. Here's the fact. The gap that sin created between God and man, first with original sin and then with our personal sin, was so great that it could only be paid by God himself. And God being a God who is of truth and of justice couldn't be untrue to those first words that he spoke to Adam and Eve, that if they sinned, they truly would die. But he took that guilt, that punishment of sin upon himself. It's when this realization is finally in our hearts that we're moved to that state of understanding and worship. And so we see the disciples' hearts are then moved to understand and worship the risen Messiah. It seemed at the beginning that none of them, maybe setting John aside, 
none of them on Good Friday understood truly what Jesus was doing to the extent of what he had come to do and what his sacrifice meant. Yet when the greatness of this is finally understood and opened before their own eyes, how else could they react? When the greatness and the glory of that is finally opened before our eyes, how else can we react? We fall down and worship. It's important to note I think the first person who offers that worship of the risen Lord is Mary Magdalene. And to understand why we need to be called back into Scripture and look at what Jesus speaks to the scribes and Pharisees. Asking when a debt is forgiven. Right? Who is more grateful to his master? And they reply, well, of course, Lord, the one whose greater debt is forgiven. Mary Magdalene, being a great sinner, is the one who recognizes what the glory of the resurrection means first. It's because it has such an effect in her own life. Because of the weight that is lifted from her, that she first realizes how great that glory is. When we really and truly come to understand the fullness of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we are moved to worship. Yet the fullness of this understanding on all his disciples is not fully given until Pentecost. At Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them in its fullness, the gift of understanding is given to them. And that gift of understanding moves them into the gift of reverence and worship. And so it's after Pentecost they go out and they're moved to mission, that last step. They're moved to mission to spread the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thousands come to follow him with the knowledge that ultimately, for a large majority of them, this certainly means death and persecution. We believe as Catholics that every time we celebrate the Holy Eucharist and those gifts of bread and wine are turned into the very flesh and blood of Jesus Christ, that it is his risen body and blood that appear on that altar. And so in the great log of many 
resurrected appearances of Jesus, each and every day we come to celebrate at this altar. That is what happens here. It's added on to that list. And so it's through the Eucharist that our risen Lord appears to us in the same sense, in a real sense, that he appeared to his apostles to move their hearts from fear to mission. So he wants to move our hearts. And that's the way he does it. And so we pray, Lord God, whatever point I'm at, whether I'm in fear and doubt, in belief and joy, in understanding and in worship, or I'm on mission, I ask you to help me to acknowledge and to understand the great gifts of your resurrection, to remove any cloud of doubt from my heart, that my heart may burn within me with your love. Amen.